We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And that quote is from Margaret Mead. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jolyn Hundle and today's theme is celebrating the gifts of positive voices. The launch of the Be The Star You Are Millennials to Boomers, our new anthology. Hey all, I'm Jack Palacos. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We've launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. Additionally, our brand new book, whose full title is Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World is available now at cynthiabryan.com slash online store with the hyphen in between online and store. On that site, you can also find the other two anthologies we've published in the past. We also have a special treat for you all to start off the hour. We have our amazing Express Yourself producer, Cynthia Bryan, for our first segment. Cynthia is the founder of Be The Star You Are and has worked tirelessly for almost 20 years with BTSYA to promote literacy and positive message media. She's a guardian officiant. Auto, who is also an accomplished author, empowerment architect, and acting coach. We're extremely excited to have her on today to discuss BTSYA's new book and the other things that BTSYA does. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you, Jovan. Thank you, Jack, for inviting me on for this celebration of positive voices in a changing digital world. It's very much needed. Of course. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on. Um, I wanted to just jump right in and ask you, so what originally gave you the idea to publish these anthologies? Well, the first one, uh, Joven, it wasn't originally to be an anthology. The first one was all the chapters I wrote every single one. It was called Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. And it was definitely a very empowerment book. It actually won, uh, it won the most motivating book of the year. It was published. And I really, really, I love that book. I call it my heart book. But several years later... 
while I was working with the teens of Be The Star You Are, I kept getting the teens asking me, Cynthia, couldn't, can't we do a book with you? Can't we do Be The Star You Are for teens? I mean, couldn't we have an opportunity to be writers? And it's something, you know, clicked inside me. I thought, wow, that's a really great idea. So in uh, 2009, we actually published Be The Star You Are for Teens. And we launched it at our 10-year anniversary. So that was very exciting. And then in the last couple of years, it's been all of the voices of the Express Yourself hosts and reporters who have uh, asked me about doing a book at some point, you know, doing something new because it's a totally different world now than it was when I first published Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts. I mean, that was not a digital world in those days. And so this came along and it's been a couple years in the making and I'm just so thrilled that it's published now, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. And we did the Millennials to Boomers because of attempting to get the conversation really going between Millennials and Boomers and other generations. Yeah, and I, I think it's an awesome book. And it's just I think it's really cool, too, how teens actually have an opportunity to be in a book because at least for like teens, I feel like that's not something common at all because I, I don't know any teens pretty much that can say I have a chapter in a book or I help um, publish a book. And I think that's pretty cool. And I was just curious, like what people other than just teens did you reach out to for like their perspective and their view on things? Well, everyone that is um, profiled in the book, we have 31 stellar contributors. They're either a boomer or they're a millennial. And all of them are or have been volunteers with Be The Star You Are at one time or another. And so everyone has a connection to Be The Star You Are and everyone has a different story. And one of the real things I wanted to make sure to do with this book is that we provided many different perspectives because why we're calling it positive voices is millennials have really gotten a bad rap, at least in my opinion. Uh, of course, in every generation, you know, there are always those that fit the stereotype, but there's a terrible stereotype about Generation Y, which is your group. And they're now the largest generation to date, 83.1 million, whereas baby boomers were 75.4 million. So the whole point was to attempt to get people of all races, of all different religions, of all political viewpoints, of different social economic backgrounds, and see what they had to say on whatever it was that they wanted to say it. For example, both of you were published in this book, and you're going to be reading your chapters, which I'm very excited about, and both of you chose your chapters. In our final segment, Kim Carlson, who has been uh, the webmaster for Be The Star You Are since the year 2000. And remember, we uh, got our 501c3 in 1999. So she's been a volunteer since almost the beginnings, you know, came right in within a few months after we started. Uh, And she has a chapter in the book, and she is a, a baby boomer. So it's kind of exciting 
that all, all three of you are going to have different viewpoints on things. But it starts a conversation where we can see the similarities and everything we have to say is uplifting and can really help us in our daily lives. Yeah, I really love that. It's just like people, like just how you said, people from all um, races, religions, we all live different places, but we're all kind of banding together under this positive media umbrella and we're sharing our stories, we're starting new discussions, and how you said combating these stereotypes about generations. Yes, I really and love in, that. I remember Joven, um, one of our hosts, Brigitte Gia, who yeah, has yeah. been, yeah, and, all, and you've all worked with her, uh, who she's been with the charity for just about five years now and been on the radio and done lots and lots of things with Be the Star You Are. And she made a comment one time on the air, how she, uh, she has her political views. And by being a reporter and a host on Express Yourself and listening to the different people who came on, as well as the different reporters and hosts, she was able to open her mind to many more viewpoints. And so for her, it was really an interesting discovery. And that's what I think this book is going to do for anyone who reads it is it'll open your mind to new observations and new experiences. At least that is, that is the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, you're being exposed to all sorts of different perspectives, all sorts of different types of people, even who you've never really known that much about. So right. the story of a city dweller versus a rural townie exactly. um, from again, young to old, all these sorts of different opposing um, perspectives all come formed together under this giant umbrella, and I love yeah, that. Yeah, there's inner city people who have written, people who've come from poverty, people who've come from riches, people who are immigrants, people who are children of immigrants, you know, people who have been, uh, were, they probably go back to the pilgrims. I mean, they're original Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very interesting to see how everybody talks and how everybody has something else to say. And the thing that I was very proud of is, uh, is the fact that each of the contributors chose the chapter they wanted to write. I did not say, for example, um, Jack, you write the gift of music. Yeah. I didn't say you have to write the gift of music. It was like, Jack, what would you like to write? Uh, Joven, you know, you wrote, you chose appreciation and community right off the bat. Those weren't assigned. It was what you wanted to talk about. So that and every single contributor brought what they felt was very, they were very passionate about to this book. So the anthology is very, it's, it's really rich. I think it's very vital. It's very current. And to me, it's going to change people's lives. And we were very blessed to get amazing endorsements from some really great people out there. So we really hope people will pick up this book. And just to give a, a shout out, 100% of the money will go to support this show, Express Yourself, and Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and Be the Star You Are charity. So 100% is a donation to Be the Star You Are charity. So you can either go to bethestaryouare.org and you can find out how to get the book or you go to uh, CynthiaBryan.com, and we have an online store there, 
And the reason the online store is at Cynthia Bryan's website is because I am paying for that website, whereas uh, the BeTheStarYouAre.org, it's a charitable website, so you couldn't have a store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so, um, you know, I know you've been working tirelessly over for about a year and a half now to get this book published, and so I wanted to know if you could give us some insight into what that process was like. Yes, well, publishing a book is definitely a lot of work. And there are many people out there that would like to publish a book. And before I just say that, I just also want to piggyback on what Jack said. Is It's, to me, one of the great things about this book is that it gave young people the opportunity to be an author of a published book, which is really rare. You go to write on your resume that you are already a contributor to a book. I mean, that just doesn't really happen. So uh, congratulations to you guys both for being selected, for your chapters being selected too. So the process, first of all, in writing a a book is to actually write the book. And then it needs to be edited. And then it needs to be copy edited. And when it came to uh, the contributions, every contribution was carefully read by several different people with a criteria of what was going to make it in, you know, was this going to be appropriate for the book? And then after that, um, uh, the suggestions for edits or changes were sent back to each contributor so that, so, so that editing could be done. And then after it's, it has to be edited several, several times before it can be um, sent to the agent to look at. Then the book is, once it gets to the publisher, it has to be typeset. And then it has to go through a whole edit process again. And you have to do, I, I, have, I had to hire a cover designer to do the covers. I had to contact different people and send them excerpts from the book to see if they'd be interested in endorsing it. So the process is very, very long. And the great news is, is that we were published. The book is out. And now we can hold a published book in our hand. You can also get ebooks as well if you go to Amazon.com. And if anybody goes to Amazon, please use smile.amazon and type in Be The Star You Are. Amazon will donate 0.05% if you buy your books on Amazon and you use Amazon Smile. So thank you both for having me on to ask about this. This is very, it's very exciting to launch this book with you both who have been such an integral part. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And I think that probably my favorite part and just aspect of this book overall is that since um, all the writers got to kind of decide what they're writing about, it makes it a lot more authentic and it doesn't seem forced because like I was reading through other people's chapters um, just to see like what everything's about. And uh, I think it's that it's just like all the chapters seem like it's, they're written about things that people truly have a passion for or truly interested in. And I've had a quick question. Like, what do you overall think that readers should try to take out of reading this book? Well, I hope that people are inspired, motivated, encouraged, and really realize that no matter where they are in their lives, that they can change their lives for the better, that today is the first day of the rest of your life. So you can you can really and truly um, 
uh, change whatever isn't happening. So if you're in a slump at the moment, just open the book anywhere. And I don't know why this happens, but it's magical. And um, uh, since the book came out, I've been doing a lot of book signings and speaking engagements. And people pick up the book and they open it and it's to a chapter and they say, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what I needed to read. And that's what we're hoping people will do is that you will find whatever it is you need to give you that extra push to be the star you are and to change any negativity into positivity so that you too can celebrate your gifts because we are in a very technological world and hopefully we can have a bit more connection between humans. Definitely. And, you know, that must be an amazing feeling when somebody says it to you that this chapter, it was definitely something I needed to hear right now. And, you know, one other question before we go, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, other work that Be The Star You Are does. So one of the big things that we're doing right now, and I want to um, thank you, Joven, for spearheading it because it's so critical is we have launched Operation Disaster Relief, and it's wildfire disaster relief. Now, as everyone already knows, there are hurricanes brewing on the East Coast, and they're supposed to be quite deadly. And so we will also work on hurricane relief. Since 9-11, the the 9-11, Be the Star You Are has participated in Operation Disaster Relief for every major disaster that's happened in the United States, whether it be a flood, a fire, a hurricane, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, a tornado, whatever, whatever has happened, earthquakes. And so we really would like people to go to bethestarur.org and make a donation because we are giving brand new books to the shelters or to organizations who will distribute them to the people who need them. So it's Operation Fire Disaster Relief right now, and it may be extended to the hurricanes as soon as they need help. But please visit bethestarur.org and make a donation. And I thank everyone who has contributed because this money goes 100% goes directly to disaster relief, and not many charities can say that. So it's very important. Definitely. And so, yeah, I want to thank you, Cynthia, so much for appearing on the show today to discuss uh, your work with the book and with Be The Star You Are in general. Um, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. But listeners, be sure to support our show, these amazing segments and our Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity, which brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so make sure to also check out BeTheStarYouAre.org and follow our blog. I'm Joven Hundle. And I'm Jack Palacos. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. In addition, Cynthia Bryan has just authored a brand new book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our show and we'll hear Joven share his chapters from the fantastic new book, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. I'm Jovan Handel, and this is Express Yourself with today's theme, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices. For this next segment, Jovan is going to start by reading one of his own chapters, chapters from our new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Take it away, Jovan. Will do. Um, and so now this is the gift of appreciation that I wrote about, well, I guess you have to find out what it's about. Um, I consider myself extremely lucky to have various privileges, such as growing up in America and having a strong support system. Without the hard work of others, however, I would not be in a position to have such a claim. I'm thankful to be able to write this chapter and share my story. When my grandparents immigrated to America in the early 1970s, they were only able to do so through a new immigration policy America had adopted just a few years earlier in 1968. They were forced to leave their only child at the time, my mother, for over a year in India. My grandparents recognized the daunting task ahead of them. They were moving to a brand new country with a mere $8. My grandpa worked as a geography teacher in India, but was unable to teach in America due to the lack of teaching opportunities and his unfamiliarity with the content taught in this new country. They had distant relatives who graciously aided them in San Francisco in the beginning. Because of rising living costs, they needed to relocate. Luckily, they were able to find an affordable rental in the Central Valley, where they would soon make their home. To support their family, my grandpa took a job at Procter & Gamble and farmed a relatively large plot of land. My grandma worked as a domestic servant and took odd jobs at a local cannery. At the same time, both helped raise a family that would grow to four children over the next decade. One of my grandma's sisters emigrated a few years later and moved in next door. She unexpectedly became a widow before she was 35. Filled with grief, she relied on her Sikh faith and her family to help her cope. My grandparents took an active role in raising my two aunts, a kindness I greatly admire. My grandma firmly believes in karma. She trusts that God is going to reward those who deserve it. Their, Their benevolence and hard work has resulted in positive karma. 
They were able to purchase their own home, where they still happily live to this day. They were able to buy a small plot of land, where my grandpa farms and takes his dogs on daily walks. Most importantly, their four children and seven grandchildren are happy and healthy. Through the stories of their experiences, my grandparents have instilled in me many critical values. If you look up the dictionary definition of dedication, you may just see a smiling picture of them. Though they are both in their 70s, they still work industriously. My grandpa works in the fields, and my grandma works in a cannery with her sisters. After being exposed to the work ethic of my grandparents, I can honestly say that I feel equipped with the proper tools to succeed in life. Most millennials can attribute much of what we have today to the labor, suffering, and hard work of our elders and those generations who came before us. Because of the generosity, gifts, and opportunities bestowed upon them from others, my grandparents were in a position to help their family. The same appreciation can be applied to their forefathers, and their forefathers before them. My sincerest appreciation goes to my grandparents for helping me become the individual I am today. Pass the karma forward. And a little activity I've included called With Appreciation. Write a handwritten thank you note to someone who has helped you accomplish a goal. Tell the person how they inspired you and what it meant to you. Show your sincerest appreciation. Post it with gratitude in your heart. Then, help someone else succeed. And a small little quote here from Mother Teresa. There is more hunger in the world for love and appreciation than for bread. Wow, that was, that was a really great chapter. Thank you. Um, I definitely like, can agree with um, just learning from your grandparents, in a sense, because that, that seemed like a common theme throughout your chapter. Because uh, I, I remember like, the first time I heard about my grandparents' story is my grandfather immigrated from Greece, and he came... Uh, just like your parents with like pretty much, or your grandparents, I mean, with pretty much no money. And he worked, I'm pretty sure uh, he owned like a candy, he would make his own candy in his basement as wow. like a little candy shop. And then he would sell it. And then that's how he made his uh, living for a while. And then eventually he went on to uh, go to college and then he majored in chemistry or something like that. And then he became successful. And then uh, I, I'm only where I am today because of, really because of him, because he was the one who mainly got all of the wealth of my family and kind of set um, everyone off. And just like your family now, um, he has like happy, um, happy children, uh, happy grandchildren that are all healthy. And I think that dedication in the end will always pay off no matter what, regardless of your goal. Definitely. And you know, it's just fascinating to think about how our standard of living compares to theirs. So our grandparents with maybe manual labor, working long hours, maybe working multiple jobs, um, making this handmade candy like your grandfather. It's just amazing to think of our standard of living now where our parents and most likely us might not be working for hours upon hours upon hours every single day trying to just stay afloat. And so, yeah, just amazing to think of that little um, fact. And another thing, uh, so something I tried to do with this chapter was sort of draw that parallel. So m myself and you and everybody else learning from our forefathers, and it's sort of like what our book is providing, Millennials to Boomers. So us millennials or all these generations learning from our boomers, the older generations, and everyone in between learning from everyone else. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited about this book. 
And I know that, Jack, you also have a chapter in there entitled The Gift of Your Music and Your Experiences with Music. Uh, would you like to go ahead and read your chapter about that now? Of course. Um, so, yeah, this is my chapter, The Gift of Music. Eight. That's how old I was when I played the harmonica for the first time. Well, if you could call it a harmonica, it was actually a novelty item given to me from my aunt for Christmas. Although the tiny metal toy was only about an inch long or so, the width of my pinky finger, and could only play four different notes, I was captivated by the sounds I could make by simply breathing into it. I played around with it until I worked out how to play Silent Night, and then played the song for my family. I don't know if it was the tune itself, the fact that I was eight, or a combination of both, but my musical performance seemed to put a smile on everyone's face. This was the first time I experienced the gift of music. I had the ability to express myself in a way that positively affected others. This was the beginning of my musical journey. My love affair with music began in earnest when I started taking harmonica lessons. During my first lesson, my teacher was unexpectedly surprised that I was able to perform advanced techniques, some of which take years to learn at the age of eight. One of these techniques involved bending, or the manipulation of sound by creating different airflows against the reeds, which is an important component in playing the blues. Um, and the blues is the most popular style of harmonica playing, noted for its melancholy sound that generally evokes deep feelings and emotions. The blues captivated me, and I yearned to learn more. As I played, I began to understand that my own pleasure in playing was indeed another gift of music, and I was inspired to practice every single day. Finding my passion was a truly spectacular feeling. After two years, my teacher encouraged me to seek someone who could teach me new techniques, as he was only a drum teacher who also knew a good amount about harmonica. Fortunately, I was able to find someone nearby. In addition to teaching, this instructor, instructor was the president of the Society for the Preservation and Advancement of the Harmonica, also known as SPA. This organization holds annual conventions for harmonica players from all around the world uh, and the country to share ideas, play together, and is basically just made up of performers from all over the world. My teacher encouraged me to submit an audition tape for the upcoming convention. At the age of 12, I was lucky enough to be chosen as the 2015 youth recipient. I was going to perform on stage in front of over 500 harmonica fans and some of the greatest harmonica players in the world, which is a little scary for a 12-year-old. For the next four months, I practiced the two songs I would play on stage. Finally, the day came and I flew out to the convention, which was held in Denver. I'll never forget the moment I walked into that hotel. Sounds of country, folk, classical, and blues filled the air. And the enormous lounge area, groups of harmonica players and guitarists were creating amazing music. It was truly spectacular. Eventually, the night of my performance arrived. I was the only youth recipient playing that night, and I was sandwiched between two of the greatest harmonica players in the world. Although I was a little nervous, I felt extremely fortunate to be able to perform in front of such a crowd. From the moment I walked onto the stage and heard a roar of applause fill the room, I could feel the energy pulsing through the air. Not one of the 500 people in that room were there to judge me, as they had only come to listen to the music that they loved so much. So, I played with all my heart and all my soul. As people cheered me on in the crowd, clapped and smiled at me, I felt an incredible feeling that was induced through one thing, the gift of music. I was able to make others happy simply by playing notes. Whether it is just one person or thousands, the gift of music has the ability to bring people together and conjure emotions. Music truly is a gift to be shared. Whether you are a player yourself or you just like to listen to music, 
it's always important to experience this amazing gift of music. Wow, that was an excellent chapter. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Jack. You know, it was really neat about how, you know, you were able to find this passion of yours from such a young age. And then so ever since, you know, you've been developing that passion. And like you said, it's been able to make other people happy. So not only is it making yourself happy, you're acting out on your passion, you're doing the thing that you love, you're making other people happy at the same time. A little win-win there. Yeah, of course. And I I think music is, um, one of my favorite parts about it is, regardless of what type of music you like, uh, I found that usually with 99% of people, they enjoy some sort of music. And I just think that the possibilities with music are like literally endless. Like there's so many different instruments alone. And then there's so many different things you can play on those instruments. And there's, there's just, at least now with like the internet uh, and YouTube and iTunes, there's so much musical content uh, that's just out there that uh, no matter who you are or what your interests are, you can definitely find some sort of music that kind of resonates with you. And I think music is important to a lot of people too because I know that it's helped um, me get through hard times and it helps other people get through tough times in their life. And I think it's just crazy how um, the sounds have the ability to create and evoke so much emotion in people regardless of your age or gender or who you are as a person. Absolutely. It has that unique ability to sort of reach out and connect people of different creeds, different everything. And yeah, like you said, you know, music is so readily available now. If you think of something like Spotify, iTunes, etc., it's pretty amazing that so much of the world's history of music is now available at your fingertips fingertips like the time when you know like myself and you were just being born um even back then you know if you wanted to listen to an album you might have to go out to a record store and purchase the whole album and now uh, there's just right there in your phone you can get it all with a small subscription fee um and so yeah and i think if we have a little bit of time now i also can jump right in and read my other's chapter from the book, which is called The Gift of Community. All right, sounds good. Awesome. So, and here it is, Gift of Community. Um, so, my older sister was born in Chicago, where my parents resided for the latter half of the 1990s. I, on the other hand, was born and raised in California's Central Valley. What I enjoyed the most as a kid living in a rural town was the openness. I had far more free reign to explore than I would have if I grew up in a big city. My family regularly took advantage of this wide open space through one of our favorite pastimes, biking. Weather permitting, my father, sister, and I would go for a bike ride at least twice a week. When I still had training wheels, we would travel on a paved path that took us to the heart of our town. Once I graduated to a two-wheeled bike, we were able to venture everywhere. After many excursions, we found our favorite destination, a canal that irrigated many surrounding farms. This canal could be followed all the way to neighboring towns and could even lead us to a point so high I swore I could see our house. As the canal diverged a few times, our adventures would differ depending on which side we chose. For example, we could leave the canal along one path and start following the nearby road. This road would lead us to a railroad after only a few minutes. I sometimes looked up the trains that, sorry, I sometimes looked up the times the train would be crossing, and upon arriving slightly beforehand, we would lay down a few coins, watch them get flattened, and take them home to occupy a special spot in my burgeoning coin collection. 
another one of the paths led us to a relatively straightforward area perfect for having races. One day, we decided to ride at a different time, late afternoon. On our route, we found an elderly man walking and stopped to talk to him as my dad recognized him from the town's Gurdwara, or Sikh temple. He explained to us that he walked the same path along the canal every day and had been doing so for years now. Every morning, he would check the Turok Journal or Modesto B, our local newspapers, to learn what time sunset would be that day and, his begin, and begin his walk exactly two hours beforehand. We soon decided to tailor the time we biked and the paths we took to meet him whenever we could. Over time, we got to know this man a little better. We learned that his wife had died almost a decade ago, and it was really after this, after this incident that he would take this walk on such a consistent basis. He had been a devout Sikh his entire life, and eventually began sharing something inspiring from a scripture he had read earlier each day. These stories and lessons he taught us through the Sikh doctrine have stuck with me throughout all these years. It was through him that I learned the history of my people, including our persecution by other religious groups and our steadfast goals in spite of discrimination. I learned the key values of Sikhism, ranging from charity and inclusion to inner reflection. What strikes me most about this man is not what he taught us or what we have learned about him, but what we didn't know about him. Outside of a few isolated instances at our temple, we would only ever see him at the canal. Even though we did not know much about him and vice versa, he always took the time to communicate with us. He became the representation of what community means to me. We help one another in our own special way. I'm ashamed to say that as I was growing up, I never fully understood how lucky I was to have him there. His wealth of knowledge on the ways of the world significantly contributed into shaping who I am today, and I'm extremely grateful. Whether it is bad news on the television or a family issue, I've been able to turn to my faith to guide me through hard times. I can attribute much of my understanding of my faith to this man. Now as a teen, I've had less and less time to bike on that path. But regardless if I am there or not, I know that he will be there, waiting for the sunset, full of inspiring stories, sharing his wisdom with someone else from the community. And a small little quote I've included by Coretta Scott King, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Well, that chapter was, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say if it's better than the other chapter, because I don't want to compare them, but <laughs> it was it was equally as good for sure. I, I definitely oh, like, like <laughs> I, I like both of your chapters in their own way. Um, I think this chapter, um, it really puts an emphasis on like how important family is and how important community is because uh, I, I know a lot of people, I feel like they kind of take it for granted where they're born in. Like uh, the area that I live in, we don't really see crime pretty much ever. And, I, I know that I always go out of my way to try to be really grateful and appreciate that um, and just appreciate my community because I, I know that I'm really lucky to live in an area where everyone's always super friendly and everyone's super nice here and there's just not, a, there's like never any crimes or anything bad going on. And I just think that that's super lucky, whereas I could have, uh, just by chance, I could have easily been born in uh a, maybe a dangerous part of a big city where there is a lot of crime and not everyone's nice to each other. And I just think that having a good community is something that you just can't overlook and you should really always be grateful if you're lucky enough to just be born in a good community.
and have a lot of people around you that are just always compassionate and kind towards everyone. Absolutely. It's just those little things that we might not always notice as we're, you know, still a young child, but now as we're even entering our teenage years and we start to be more self-aware and realize all these different things about the world around us. It's these sort of little things, whether it's our community, whether it's our passions for music, like in your chapter, um, all these sorts of little things start jumping out to us and it's just an amazing sight. And so, yeah, I wanted to thank you, Jack, for reading your chapters and I hope our audience also got a little taste of what our anthology was like from this segment. Unfortunately, we are out of this segment where we will be continuing our show uh, hearing more chapters from our anthology in the next segment. I'm Joe Hundle. And I'm Jack Palacos. Please be sure to check out ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and our main site at BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information about upcoming events and where to donate to our Operation Wildlife Disaster Relief Fund. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life changing programs at Be the Star You Are Radio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself. I'm Jovan Hundle, and today's theme is Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices. For this segment, we have Kim Carlson with us to read her chapter in our new anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Kim Carlson has never figured out what she wanted to be when she grew up, so she's dabbled in numerous activities. She launched her own bookkeeping consulting business and continues, and continues to be a lifelong learner. From 2000 to 2016, she volunteered as the webmaster for Be The Star You Are. Kim loves the outdoors, gardening, and cooking. She and husband Bill enjoy wine tasting, casino hopping, horse racing, and by joining a racing club, are proud horse owners. And without further ado, let's welcome Kim onto the show. So, welcome, Kim. 
Thank you. Yeah, and so um, you've prepared the gift of rediscovery for a new anthology, and we'd love to have you read it and share your thoughts on it for this segment. Okay. Um, are, we, are we ready to go? Yeah, feel free. Okay. I inherited my love of horse racing from Grandma and Gramps. They used to take us to the races after Mass on Sundays. We three tiny toe-headed girls would stand with them at the fence outside the grandstand in our Sunday best and watch races until later in the afternoon when we could get in for free. I fell in love with the whole experience, the beautiful horses, the thrill of the races, the thunder of the hooves as we stood at the rail, the enthusiasm of the crowd, the unique smells, and even the thick layer of torn tickets littered all over the ground. They took us to minor league baseball games, too. Grandma and Gramps were so much fun, always holding hands and joking around. <clears throat> Excuse me. They'd cheer on the horses or jeer at the ball players in their thick New York accents. Their enthusiasm was infectious. My other grandparents were a lot more formal. Grandpa was so hardworking and quiet, he did any job to support his family, including hitchhiking halfway across the country to get work. Grandma worked in nursing, and she was never without knitting or crocheting projects in the works. They lived in a small trailer, which over time Grandpa had built a house around and eventually moving the trailer out. He had settled into a school janitor job, and after work he could always find him in his shop, making high-quality violins and other stringed instruments for school kids and even for professional musicians. I inherited perseverance from them and a love for working with my hands and being creative. When I was eight years old, my dad got a job 1,500 miles away, so we packed up the station wagon and headed for a new adventure. By this time, our two brothers had joined the family, the youngest still an infant. My mom was 29 and my dad was 31, so you can imagine what a big job these young parents had getting settled into a new home so far away. My mom's sister and her young family did live nearby, though, so we had two cousins to help us get used to our new town. Plus, there were a lot of kids our age on our street to make friends with. Except for a little climate shock, we all got along well with our new surroundings. We went to Catholic school until it got to be too expensive for my folks. For me, the hardest part about switching to public school was figuring out what to wear each day. Uniforms had made mornings so much easier. But even though we didn't have many clothes in our closets, we were creative and did just fine. In fact, I even won a crazy dress day contest the next year. Excuse me. In our teenage years, we moved up to a bigger school with bigger kids and greater challenges. There were people from so many different backgrounds. Some were kind of rough, and some were doing some very adult things. My older sister was there ahead of me, and I really relied on her, but she graduated two years before me. My younger sister had decided to change schools, so I was pretty much on my own. I had made some new friends, and they all seemed so worldly to me that I found myself taking to heart everything they said. They acted like they knew more about me than I knew about myself. I have always been a good listener, and even to this day, I'll have people try to give me advice that I don't need. As a teenager, I hadn't yet developed the ability to ignore that kind of input. It wore me down. I ended up with some serious self-doubt, and my self-esteem was torn away. This seemed to encourage my most toxic friend to work even harder on crumbling my foundation. What I didn't really see at first, and not for a long time, was that I was being alienated and isolated from my family and other friends. Over time, there was increasing bullying, badgering, and intimidation. I was told that my enthusiastic personality was embarrassing, and I was made to believe that everything was my fault. So I put a lot of effort into trying to fix things and make people happy. I had nothing left to give to myself. It can take a crisis to break a person out of a bad situation. Before my 30th birthday, I found myself near the end of a bad marriage with two little boys, one a newborn, and with the doctor admonishing that he'd hospitalize me if I didn't take care of myself. I was really hurting emotionally, physically, and spiritually, 
And I ultimately decided that I didn't want my little boys to grow up with grow up with their mother like this. To paraphrase Willy Wonka, I've always made the candy I feel like, but now I feel terrible, so the candy is terrible. I couldn't be a good mom without feeling good. I couldn't be a good me, period. So I got some help through counseling, seminars, and church lessons. It was time to make good candy again. After a year, About a year after this crisis point, I met someone who'd been going down the same abusive path. He also had two little boys and had just ended his bad marriage. We became best friends, and our boys enjoyed one another's company. Fast forward two years, and we had become a family. We had both come to the same crossroads and managed to take a turn on the right road together. It wasn't always easy. I don't think being a blended family is easy for anyone. But since the two of us had always been the supportive person in our previous relationships, we were just used to trying harder. Today, you can always find us working on some project around the house or garden or going on a fun outing together. When we finally had a chance to fulfill our life's dream to go to the Kentucky Derby, we dressed to be noticed. Because I wore the biggest hat, we were broadcast on the news. Holding hands, we have rediscovered the joys we knew as children. The end. Awesome. That was a really, you know, powerful chapter. This whole voyage of rediscovery, um, it obviously set you down an amazing path that you're very, very happy on. And yeah, yeah just a very powerful thing. Um, I wanted to ask you then, so what kind of advice would you give to someone else out there right now going through a funk or a bad time? Well, my most important advice is don't let anybody tell you they know more about you than you know about yourself. Nobody, nobody knows more about yourself than you do. Trust yourself. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that is very true. Uh, I feel like a lot of times people take um, like outside opinions to personally and mm-hmm. you, you can't really just can't let stuff like that get to you because people don't really know what goes on in your personal life and sometimes uh there's like specific reasons for the way someone acts and if you just kind of uh are judging them or giving them advice that they know they can't um use then it really can just put people down because then they start to think like oh maybe these people are right and i should just yeah. try to change myself but Really, it's not about changing yourself to be like, to be what other people want you to be, but it's better to change yourself to be what you want to be. Like, if you feel like, hey, this isn't working in my life, I'm sad and uh, everything's just bad, like, you should change something because you want to change it in a way that works for you, not because some outside person says you should be a different way. And remember, you can't change anybody else. If you have a relationship with a person and you say, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be able to change him and make him a good person or her or whatever, you can't change another person. All you can do is change the way that you react. Yeah, that's, I've never thought about it like that, but that is, that's really true because sometimes just being supportive to another person can be just as helpful to them, uh, and it can just be what people need as long as you're just supporting people rather than being negative and telling them what to do. Uh, oftentimes, it'll always help someone. And I was just curious, um, you talked about in your chapter, like, how you met, um, like, through, like, counseling sessions and stuff, you met uh, basically, like, your soulmate who had the exact same situation. And mm-hmm. I was just curious, was it, like, love at first sight? Or, like, how did you guys really connect and kind of fall in love? Well, Bill said for him it was love for, love at first sight, but me, I was 
still fighting for my marriage, I said to myself, I said for better or for worse when I took my vows, and I was going to make this work. I was not going to give up. So I pretty much kind of ignored him as anything but a friend that we had a lot in common. Um, he was he was pretty sure that you know his marriage was over, um, and uh, uh, he had emotionally divorced himself, even though the paperwork wasn't done yet. And that was a that was a, a page I hadn't turned. So. Um, I wouldn't say he wore me down, but I finally, after some more counseling sessions, I had um, a counselor say to me, you don't have to be around people who make you feel bad. And that just, like, opened my eyes. And plus the fact that I didn't want my little boys to see me browbeat all the time they were growing up, because what kind of lesson would that be for them? Absolutely. And, you know, just one other question before we go. I wanted to ask you, so if you have a loved one, whether friend, family, anything like that, going through a tough time and you want to help them, but, you know, you don't want to cross that line where you are being too overbearing, what would you recommend them doing to help? That's really tough. Um, I recommend, because you don't want to push somebody, you don't want to make somebody feel like... um, you know, they want to go the other way because of what you're saying, so they're going to, you know, do the exact opposite. Um, try to do stuff together that kind of breaks their thought process. If you can go to a, a you know, church picnic or something like that together, if you can bring that person to be around people that are, are genuine and that aren't making them feel bad, and then maybe they'll start doing that for themselves. But it's really, really difficult to... To, um, to get that started. You have to try. You can't give up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always important just um, to never give up on something that you really want. And it's just important sometimes, uh, something that I found can help is going back to nostalgic things and kind of rediscovering um, mm. what makes you happy. And I think that was like the theme of your book or your chapter too. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we're all out of time now. So thank you so much, Kim, for appearing with us. And we really loved your chapter in the book. Thanks as well to our audience for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed hearing a few of our new anthologies chapters, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. With that, um, however, we do have to say farewell. So we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, be the star you are, and Voice America Kids Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world and our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Jovan Hundle. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at bethestaryouare.org. And until next week, remember, celebrate new perspectives, be positive, be generous, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.